in Chicago, two comedian skeptics named Andy and Art were mysteriously abducted by the illusionary mastermind and conspiracy theorist known only as Mr. Mr. Bunker. Bunker. The following serves as a record of Bunker's attempt to convince non-believers of the truth about conspiracies and paranormal activity. Andy and Art give an uninterrupted presentation and verdict on the plausibility of these offbeat topics, delivering what they call the, the whole enchilada. Will Mr. Bunker convince these two skeptics any of this is real? Will it convince you? Welcome to Mr. Bonkers Conspiracy Time Podcast. I am your co-host, Andy Ott, and with me, as always, is your co-host, Ott Stone. Top of your morning to you, Andy. Top of the morning to you. Hey, all right, you're sounding a little bit different today. Uh, likewise, Andy. Well, I guess... It's almost I, like we were possessed. Yeah, it's almost like we were possessed. It's almost like... We just lived here in the bunker, minding our own business, and then British people came and imposed their culture on us without us asking for them to do that. It's kind of like what happened, isn't what it? What a fucking segue. It's kind of like what happened, isn't it? A little bit of like what happened. Sort of like with India. Yeah. Oh, it's, I mean, I guess that's kind of an interesting coincidence because that's a the- little bit. We are talking about- India today. Really? On today's day, yeah, we're talking specifically about ghosts oh. that haunt oh. the area of Delhi oh. in India. Oh. Oh. And part I gotta say, right at the top of the show here, we have a big time bunk funker to thank for this episode. Get out. I refuse to get out. I'm gonna stay here for the duration. I can't believe it. A bunk funker suggested. It's true. This was suggested me. by a proud patron of this show, You're a kidding. beloved bunk funker. You're kidding. A frequent contributor. What? To both this show and our Patreon only exclusive behind the scenes content show, Andy and Art Debunked. Get out of here. Natalie O'Hamilton. Natalie O'Hamilton, thank you. Thank you, Natalie. What a great topic. Natalie actually suggested the uh, ghost that haunts the Delhi cantonment area. Wow. But there are a lot of ghosts in Delhi. So, oh, I expanded my ghost busting net here and your, caught a few your, more ghosts for us. Ghostly grimoire. You opened up your ghostly grimoire and you're going to regale us with a rodeo of, uh, of topics. Yeah, I'm going to read some ancient texts that are going to bring some topics into manifestation. So why is it a rodeo? Though? Mm, just fun. Oh, OK. Rodeo. It's like a corral. There's multiple stories. Right. I'm trying to get at. Right. It's multiple things. OK. Which is a rodeo. A rodeo has more than one thing. Rodeos are kind of technically variety shows. Right. In a way. It's like a livestock variety show. Yeah. If Sonny and Cher were cattle, their TV show would have been a rodeo. Yeah. And then, you know, the way Sonny Bono died would have been a little bit funnier. Sad and tragic. Yeah, it would have been hilarious to see a steer on skis crashing. I mean, a a skiing cow. Come on. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. That's funny. Though. That's funny, especially the part where it runs into a tree and it snaps its neck. Oh, God. Love watching cattle die. 
It's me, at Stone. <laughs> oh, God, dude, it's so funny when livestock dies. <laughs> when they ski. Not when they die. I want to play ski free, but with a cow. Well, hey, if you're like a heart, you can't wait to play ski free with a cow. Um, Were there any cattle in that game? Just the Yeti. Okay. And the other skiers. Well, if you're ready to play ski free with cattle because you can't do anything else with them in India, then you can just check the show notes right. where you can find a timestamp that'll point you to roughly the area of this podcast where the research begins. Roughly. But if you're like me and you like adventure and not being a fucking right. dick and not yeah. being a fucking loser. Yeah. Yeah. More. And if you're like me and you don't think shower. That, yeah. If you don't refuse to shower like me. Wait, what? Wait, what? <laughs> if you're like me and you're not a fucking dick who hates having fun, yeah. uh, then stick around stick because around. Art and I are going to tell you how we got captured this week. But if you are a fucking lame, <laughs> dickish idiot who doesn't have fun and is a piece of shit, go look for the timestamp, you fucking losers. We don't want you here anyway, you fucking idiots. <laughs> We're turning a new leaf. We used to do it because we care. Now we don't give a but if you're a freaking hogged out Chad yeah. and you like hearing lore, right. then fucking stick around. Stick around. Because we got to tell you how we got abducted this week. Let's talk about it. I mean, I had a hell of a week. Winner, winner, chicken dinner is Winner, you. winner, chicken dinner. I, look, I mean, Beefers, I don't know if you're familiar with this phenomenon, but there's a lot of like charitable organizations or local social clubs or different Raffles. concerns. You put your business, you put your home address and business card into... So many buckets. Yeah. You just put it anywhere. You walk into a business and they say, hey, we're doing a raffle. Put your business card in. Win a free lunch. My business card's going in there. I go into You're- any place that asks for a business card. I'm putting it in there. <laughs> putting in multiple, too. Not just one. I bring boxes of them with me and I just dump the box out. And I dump the other business cards out first. And then you and then you shuffle it up and you say, good luck trying to get all mine out. Yeah. You'll get out some, but not all. I fill it with mine. And then I burn the others. And then that poor employee is just like, great, thanks. Draw now. Um, But I entered a charity raffle. Uh-huh. And the grand prize for this one was a chance to cook against Bobby Flay. So how could I not have entered this raffle, right? I love to cook. I love to cook. I love beating Bobby Flay's ass at stuff. He and I used to be in a rec league basketball uh, league together. That's right. And my team fucking dominated his team. You did. You did posterize Bobby Flay. Yeah, I posterized him. I fell down on my hands and knees and I got in the way of him (laughs) shooting a shot. And he tripped and fell and hurt himself and couldn't (laughs) play the rest of the tournament. So I fucking posterized him. him, Totally posterized him. Totally got him. (laughs) How embarrassing for Bobby Flay. God, he's so fucking bad at basketball. Yes. So couldn't even survive a twisted ankle getting stuck in my fat belly. What a fucking loser. What a loser having ankles. God, you know, if I was I bet Bobby Flay when he listens to his podcast, he probably skips. He probably he probably, he probably looks the checks intro. the show notes. Yeah, he skips yeah. the intro. Fucking loser. Um But anyway, he and I have a long standing rivalry. Um, you know, we both went to college together in the nineteen thirties. Um we both are I don't know, I think pretty well respected figures in the New York food scene. Him <laughs> as a chef and me as a diner. Like, not a building, but, like, as a person who goes and eats food. Right, right, right. I'm well known as a person who goes and eats food. Right. Um, and so... You walk into a lot of restaurants and the the 
the chef in the back will peek out and be like, oh. Yeah. Like, all right. All hands on deck. Close yeah. it down. I mean, We're I kind of run out. I kind of have like a VIP status. Like, you know, if the mayor comes in, they kind of do the same thing where right. it's like, oh, everybody be on your best behavior. Yeah. Yeah. And for me, it's just like, yeah, they got to be on their best behavior because they, they know I get ready to close down. They know I have a discerning palate. Um, they know I care about quality. And also I have a big platform because I'm kind of a celebrity. Right. So if they feed me a bad meal, I will talk about it on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've had a longstanding rivalry. Yeah, you and Bobby Flynn. And I was like, man, it'd be so great to finally cook against him, beat him in his own arena. Like, I can beat him at my game, basketball. But it would be great to beat him at his game, cooking. <laughs> <laughs> finally, on equal playing fields. Right. Like, he didn't have a shot against me at no, basketball. No. One on one. Forget it. Yeah. Um, even with the help of his team, forget it. I'm just too much a force in the paint. Yeah, you were ISOing Bobby Flay the whole time. Forgot it. Forgot it. <laughs> you were up in his fucking, you were on his bod. You put your big body up on his. Right. You are fucking in the fucking post, fucking bumping and grinding up against Bobby Flay. I mean, he literally said, quit touching me with your body. You're fucking Why are you in. doing this? <laughs> like, this is supposed to be a casual game. And it's like, dude, I get it that you need someone to take it easy on you because you're an old fucking piece of shit. But that ain't me, baby. Okay. Every time you would take a shot and he was guarding you, you would literally just literally jettison yourself forward. Right. Into him and then fucking scream and one and one as you were shooting. Right. Even though you like, it was basically an offensive foul. You're like charging right at him. Yeah. That's the strategy though. You gotta, you gotta sell it. Right. I would run into him and then flop big time and go, Ooh, my leg. Oh, oh, Bobby Flay. And inevitably, someone who worked at the rec league would come up and be like, did somebody snap a steer's neck up here? The <laughs> fuck is that noise? Did I just hear the sound of a steer dying after skiing into a tree? Yeah. Snapping its neck? <laughs> God, you love killing livestock. Oh, I can't. Sorry. Ah, oh, Jesus. Anyway. But I did win the raffle. You won the raffle. I mean, I'm so unlucky. Have I ever won anything before in the time that you've known me? Have I ever won anything? I'm recalling all the years. No. Yeah. I've never, I never win anything. Right. I've spent millions of dollars on lottery tickets and I've never even won a free ticket. Statistically, that's crazy. Yeah. Statistically, but I'm very statistically unlucky. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's, it's, it was a, a wonder for me you to have, have multiple won this. gunshot wounds from playing Russian roulette. Right. Yeah. So unlucky, you never won. It's it's other people playing it too. It's not even me. <laughs> yeah. They're like <laughs> shooting you. They get they get cold feet at the last second while they're pulling the trigger yeah. and they point the gun somewhere else and the bullets just inevitably go into me. <laughs> but I did win this opportunity to beat Bobby Flay oh, man. So at his exciting, own game dude. cooking. So cool. So, you know, uh, Bobby Flay is the type of person because he's a pussy. He never wow. cooks. He never cooks by himself. Yeah. I mean, if you look at all of his TV shows, he's never cooking alone. It's never just him and a competitor. Yeah. He's always got sous chefs. He's always got sous chefs. He's got his train of attendants there train with him. He thinks he's Bobby like Flay. some sort of royalty. Yeah. Uh, he's got all these people. Makeup he's got a people, big red head people. on his shoulders. Big red head. He's yeah. like Clifford the big red idiot. 
And, you know, like Bobby Flay, whatever. I get it. I get to bring someone with me to cook for this as part of this thing. Like it's me. It's Bobby Flay plus one of his sous chefs. Mm -hmm. And it's me plus somebody that I want to bring with me. And I immediately thought I'm going to bring my wife on this. Mm -hmm. And then I thought it's a bad idea. Yeah. Because she's going to drag me down. Yeah. She loves cooking. Your she wife loves, loves cooking. She's cooking. very good at it. She's but good at it. Unfortunately, She's passionate about it. Yeah. Unfortunately, she doesn't have pizzazz. Right. Which is what I bring to the table. Mm-hmm. And I need somebody else with pizzazz. Yeah. So I said, honey, sorry. I know you've wanted to go to New York for a long time. Mm-hmm. Maybe. And you've wanted to meet my friend, longtime friend, Bobby Flay, who I've known since the right. 1930s. And I know that you love cooking and you, yeah. you would love this opportunity, but. Sorry, I'm taking art. Talk to me. Because I think you made the right choice. I need somebody creative. I need somebody who gets me. Yeah. You need somebody who's going to do a couple of little Benny Hanna tricks. Right. I'm going to throw a little pizzazz. I'm going to brush a little smoke. And I'm going to play a little dirty for you. <laughs> Art's a showman, but he's also Italian. I'm still within the rules. But you know, maybe I accidentally spill some hot grease on <coughs> Bobby Flay's shoe chef's feet. Maybe I accidentally, you know, I pretend to lose control of my knife and I fling it over at Bobby, Bobby Flay. Maybe I accidentally, you know, spit in all of Bobby Flay's food when he's not looking, pretending that I have some kind of lisp that would cause me to spit. And maybe you get confused and right. you accidentally... I forget what plate I'm working on and I do it to our own stuff, but that's okay. It's yeah. part of showmanship. Sometimes you got to crack a couple eggs to make an omelet. You know what I'm saying? I know what you're saying. Yeah. And that's the kind of mentality I needed. I needed a risk taker. Yeah. I didn't need somebody who was going to cook by the rules. High ceiling. Right. With me. Right. But low, low, low Subterranean floor, but like stratospheric ceiling. And that's what I need. I need the high ceiling. Uh I need that. I need that uh, extra juice. You know, right. I gotta. I want you to win. Yeah, you got the juice. I know how much of a rivalry you have with Bobby Flay. So we fly out to New York. We fly there. And the way this competition is set up, of course, it's Bobby Flay, so it's for TV cargo. I mean, yeah, we, we got. We weren't allowed to ride in the seats. That was part of the ticket package. That was part of the raffle. You ride it under the plane, <laughs> which is fine, I guess. It was dark, loud. We get there. We get there. You know, you get you basically like the setup of this thing is that the winner of the raffle gets to decide what to cook. Mm-hmm. And then you both make the same thing, essentially, and it gets judged. So right away, Art and I, we're struggling because we're arguing about what to make. We had some disagreements. We had some disagreements. I said that we should make Popeye's chicken. <laughs> And I had to keep saying, oh, this is a cooking show. You got to cook something. And I was like, we just go buy Popeye's and then we just take it out of the package and put it on a plate. <laughs> so easy. I said, it's way easier if we make steak tartare. Right. We don't actually have to do anything. Right. You just open the package of ground beef and you slap that fucking square of compressed beef on the fucking plate. Yeah. That's it. Steak tartare. Throw some shitty fucking parsley on the side, make it look pretty. Boom. And I said, well, you know, if we're going to cook, we should do something like. We should and you do were s- like, well, that's not cooking. 
Right. There's no there's no actual. And I said, anymore. well, neither is yours. <clears throat> so finally, we got into a big argument. We got into a big argument about it. And finally, we made, you know, devilishly delightful of you, Andy. What if I were to purchase past food and pass it off as my own? I'm sure it would make for an unforgettable luncheon. So finally, we decide. We finally came up with a plan that we could both stick to, which is making one of my all-time favorites. Uh, you know, you got to go back to your roots. You got to show them who you are. So we were making beans and weenies. Where it's cans of baked beans and hot dogs. It's a classic. Oh my god! But we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna. Don't worry. Just, I hear you. I hear you saying like. That's pretty basic, but no, it's not. No, no, it's, it's actually not. we're taking it from basic to based. Okay, beefers, yeah. like we're <laughs> yeah. elevating this shit. We are. Um, we decide. Okay, we're gonna get some of these big fat mm. fucking hot dogs. Hot dogs, yeah. Custom sausage, big, big fat foot fucking foot long hot dogs. Hot dogs. We're like, we're gonna grill them up. Let's grill them up. Quarter pound hot dogs. We're gonna grill them up. Slice them. We're going to put them in the beans. <laughs> we're going to put them in the beans. We're going to bake it in the oven. And we're going to starve it up <laughs> to you, audience. <clears throat> so we fire up the grill. We fire it up. Well, we tried to. This grill was pretty fucking temperamental. Yeah. You know, it's it just looks like a simple, like you flip a switch and it comes on. Right. There's no flames. No flames. They didn't have this thing lit. So, you know. And it stank. Yeah, it smelled horrible. It smelled like stale smoke, like almost a cigarette, I think. Yeah. Or like somebody cooked cheeseburgers on it and then never cleaned it. Right. I mean, I'm starting to question Bobby Flay's commitment to doing this the right I way. I think Bobby Flay sabotaged us. I think there was a little bit of sabotage. But I, that's why I brought art. To sabotage back. Yeah. Sometimes your saboteur gets sabotaged first, and then he's... So we're doing everything we can think of. We're dumping charcoal on this grill. We're putting gasoline and lighter fluid all over it. Oh, yeah. We're throwing matches at it. It's, like, sparking. and There's open flames shooting, but nothing sticks. steel wool blanket that I've been working on for a while, and I brought that out, and I started rubbing it all over the grill. Yeah. And the grill was going, Ow, fuck, stop! Fuck! Quit, it's ow! A- what the fuck? It I was like, it started to go, oh, it's hot. <laughs> Before you knew it, I mean, this fucking grill is getting up. And it's like, I've had enough of this. And then it fucking throws us on the grill. It shuts it. Yeah. <laughs> Lid comes crashing down. <laughs> and we're trapped inside this grill. And then as we're trapped inside this grill, we notice the grill is starting to move. Like, we're shaking around. Yeah. And we got hot coals. It looks like it looks like Bowser's castle. It really does. In here. Well, eventually, dodging these hot coals and stuff mm-hmm. for hours and hours and hours, the grill stops. And the lid opens up. And we're back here in the fucking bunker. The grill was Mr. Bunker. You know, you think Bobby Flay wouldn't stoop that low? I'm not surprised he's in cahoots with Mr. Bunker. But, you know, this guy's a real piece of work. Let's just put it that way, Bunkerverse. He skips the intro. He thinks he's the fucking, uh, oh, I'm the Tex-Mex king. 
Southwest. It's like, uh, why don't you talk to my little, why don't you talk to my, my good friend, my, my really good friend. He knows me by first name, Rick Bayless. Why don't you talk to my fucking really good friend, Rick fucking Bayless, the real king of Southwest and Mexican cuisine. I mean, Mexican cuisine, but you can basically make that into Tex-Mex. Yeah. So, Bobby Flay. Take your punk ass out of here and you could go talk to my friend Rick Bayless, who is my personal friend. How about you make us some potatoes, Irish boy? Bobby Flay. <laughs> redheaded fuck. Fucking loser. Dumb, different hair color that isn't a standard one that you see more often. Dork. Yeah. How dare you have different genetics than us, you fuck. Bobby Flay. Piece of shit. Fucking piece of shit, Bobby Skipping Flay. the intro. Dickhead. Skips our intros. Fucking dickhead. But. Anyway. I mean, I went from the highest highs. I know. You won something. I won something. And I was super excited about it. You were it. fucking soaring. An eagle. Then <laughs> to be brought down here like a fucking shit bird. Crashed down to earth. Yeah. Thanks to Bobby Flay and Mr. Bunker. But Bullshit, that's- dude. But them's the breaks, beefers. Them's the fucking breaks. You know, sometimes you got to know when to hold them. You got to know when to fold them. Sometimes you got to know when to walk away. Sometimes you got to know when to run. Like when you're being chased by a ghost. Yeah. Oh, my God. Art, are you scared of ghosts? Sure. Okay, good. Get ready to be scared. I hope you brought your fucking adult diapers, you incontinent fuck. (laughs) Oh, that callback from last week? Yeah. Assuming that's how we release these episodes. Sure. I don't know. We'll see. Otherwise, that Let's might... Let's release them out of order. Otherwise, that'll... then it's a surprise. Otherwise, that'll be a, a call call ahead. Yeah. A, a, a foreshadowing. foreshadowing. Um, <laughs> you incontinent fuck. But um, <clears throat> let's, not, let's not wait anymore. Let's, let's talk about the ghosts of Delhi, okay? Uh, so without any further ado, thank you, Natalie O'Hamilton, Thanks, for this Natalie. great topic. Let's get into our... Delhi Ghost Rodeo here on Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time Podcast. Hey, I'm scared. Hey, when I first heard we were talking about Haunted Deli this week, I got really freaking scared. God damn it. I was on the lookout for cursed corned beef, levitating latkes, and poscari pastrami. Oh Thankfully, several people explained to me that, several. A ha- that a haunted delicatessen wasn't the topic of today's episode. <laughs> several? Not a fast learner. We're not talking about a haunted delicatessen today. We're talking about hauntings that have happened in the city of Delhi uh-huh. in India. Ah. So let's all grab some of the famous culinary treats of India. Things like rye bread, some spicy mustard, and our favorite kosher meats. And let's all sit down for some nice ghost stories. Andy. What's that? Oh, wait. Our producer, oh. Nick Simon, is <laughs> in my ear. I'm now being told by several people that (laughs) the foods I just mentioned are typically associated with delis and not with India. Oh, my God. All right, Blimpers. Maybe I don't fully understand what India is or what Delhi is, (laughs) 
Hopefully by the end of this, I will. Hopefully. I do know about ghosts, though. I do. Kind of. Let's talk about some ghosts. Let's do it. Before we do, though, I got a holla at the boinker who suggested this topic. Multiple time episode suggester. Multiple time guest. And hopefully the person that will permanently replace both me and Art on the show <laughs> in and in all facets of our lives very soon, Natalie, our sweet princess, O. Hamilton. Sweet princess Natalie. Thank you, Natalie. So uh, you roast beefers out there maybe wondering, just like me, what Delhi is and why it's so slathered in ghosts. Well, according to Wikipedia, the only source we ever use for this podcast. True. Uh, Delhi is a territory in the north of the country of India. The territory of Delhi contains both New Delhi, the current capital of India, as well as Old Delhi, the capital of the Mughal Empire from 1648 to 1857. We covered that on uh, Tamerlan's Curse, right? Yeah, we got a little bit into the Mughal history. We did. Uh, we talked about Delhi in that episode oh, as yeah. well. Some bad stuff, because he executed, Maybe that's why there's so many fucking ghosts. Because he burned it to the ground after executing 100,000 people right yeah. in front of it. Um so the area of modern Delhi has been inhabited since ancient times. So this is a place with a lot of history. And as we all know, ghosts are horny for historical sites. Oh my God. They get oh, hard on us. Yeah, they really do. So it's really no surprise that ghosts are queuing up to take a number to haunt the fuck out of Delhi. An interesting note, 1993 travelogue written by historian William Dalrymple after spending six years in New Delhi was titled City of Jinns. If you don't know, in Islamic tradition, jinns, or genes as I might say, uh, are spirits that live alongside humans. Well, I don't know if William Dalrymple uh, was doing his best Zach Baggins impression and going around ghost hunting. It's an interesting title choice either way. Whoa, Mama! Whoa, Mama! Now... As much as I'd love to do my best William Dalrymple impression and talk about the history of Delhi, you all came here for actual ghosts, not for the ghosts of the past. So let me do my best impression of William Dalrymple doing his best impression of Zach Baggins, and let's go ghost hunting. Oh, like, uh, oh, I'm Scott. That's William Dalrymple doing Zach Baggins. You'd be William Fart Ripper. My serial killer nickname. Yeah. William Fart Ripper. William Dalrymple, huh? Wow. He's Scottish. Oh, I'm scared. <clears throat> so, the first ghost we're going to talk about is the ghost Natalie suggested we cover in this episode. The ghost haunting the Delhi Cantonment. Now, the Delhi Cantonment or the Delhi Cant is home to the Delhi area headquarters for the Indian Army as well as other military housing, support, and defense installations. Cantonments were originally set up by the British in colonial India as military installations. Now, the Delhi Cantonment is a big area, more than 10,000 acres, which is more than uh, 42 square kilometers, and it isn't as densely populated as the surrounding parts of Delhi, with only around 115,000 people living there. So it's possible to get some isolated areas. If you're driving through the Delhi Kant at night, stories say you might run into a woman with gray hair and hairy arms dressed in a white sari trying to get a ride. Usually the woman is seen between the hours of 1 and 4 a.m. Now, if you don't give the woman a ride, she will chase your car 
able to keep pace with a speeding vehicle. Wow. If you do give the woman a ride, you'll never be seen or heard from again. Because you're going to fall in love? You fall in love and you married the ghost. Now, here's a testimonial from an anonymous business owner oh. who, has, who, has, who has a business in the Delhi comp. Quote, it was Saturday and my friends in Delhi had planned an impromptu get together. It was already 10.30 p.m. I quickly completed my work and grabbed my car keys to drive to my friend's place in Rajuri Garden. As I reached Brar Square, I noticed a distant flimsy figure chasing my car in the rearview mirror. I ignored it initially, but when I looked again in the mirror, the figure was still running and the distance between my car and the figure had reduced. I am not the kind of person who gets scared easily, but I consider it wiser to simply accelerate and get out of there. End quote. A prudent decision. Although I would say this does sound like the type of person who gets scared easily. Yeah, it does actually fucking sound like the kind of... I have no other evidence to base it on, so other than that person saying, I don't get scared easily, and then being very scared by what could have been nothing. Fucking anonymous business owner. (laughs) Anyway, now, lest you think that this woman has only been spied by this anonymous business person, the ghostly woman has been reported by many driving through the cont at night. It's believed that the spirit is that of a woman who died while trying to hitch a ride, now exacting her revenge on all motorists. Yikes. Pretty creepy. But moving on. In New Delhi, there is a very architecturally impressive step well, which is a well for water that has steps leading down into where the water collects. Okay. Uh, but there's a very architecturally impressive step well called Agrasen Kibeoli. The well is believed to date back to the 14th century, uh, though no actual records of its construction are known to exist, and has over 100 steps descending from the street level. Today, the Baoli is home to many pigeons as well as bats. Creepy. Can you imagine the Joker doing his little dance down those steps? Yeah. Now, that's also pretty, I mean, the Joker, scary dude, right? I mean, he lives in a society. He lives in a society. Everybody's living in society. Oh my yeah, that, that's spooky, scary. That guy's some. He just wants to watch the world burn. Uh, he turns the mirror back on us and makes us see ourselves for what we really are. That's the scariest thing of all. That's true. <clears throat> God, the Joker's such a hero. Joker's so freaking cool. He's so smart and cool. Wish uh, I was like the Joker. Wish I was the Joker. Anyway, I'm going full Joker mode. Um. Anyway, uh. Agresin Kibioli is also a favorite spot for horny legal teens to go and fuck. Sexy. Really? Yeah. It's like a make out point. Yeah. People love to go there and fuck. In the water? Oh, no. Just on the steps and stuff. That doesn't seem comfortable. There's several levels and there's like little alcoves and you can walk into them and fuck each other. Oh, so you're having sex in the alcove. Probably. Yeah. Depends on how adventurous you are, I guess. Um, But in a more sad. Alcove. I'll also come. (laughs) Yeah. I'll come. I don't have what he's having. Hey, hey. Yeah, you're like walking down the steps. You hear people fucking like, hey, I'll have what he's having. Yeah. Get it? I'm have, I'll have. Get it? That yeah. happened in a deli? That scene? That's a good callback. Points. <laughs> I'm winning this episode big time. Way ahead. Now, in a more sad turn, Agras and Kibioli hosts many visitors every year. It's free to visit. Now, that's not the sad part. The sad part is that some of these visitors have slipped on the ledges around the steps 
fallen to the bottom of the well, and they fell to their deaths. People have died in here. Not very good water. Now, today, the well is dried up. Oh. But when it did have water, legends say the black water at the bottom of the well, it's just very dark at the bottom, so it looks black. It wasn't literally black water. Well, there's dead bodies floating in it. Possibly, yeah. But um, when it did have water, legends say that the black water at the bottom of the well lured people to it, driven to sacrifice themselves to raise the water levels in the well. Oh, man. That's really scary and kind of cool. The urge got stronger as these people descended the stairs down to the basin. Then once at the water, these unlucky people fulfilled the wishes of the dark voice in their head and drowned to death. That's fucking, that's, that's cool and fucked up. Now it's said that Agras and Kibioli is haunted by the spirits of the many people who perished within its walls. Legends also say that devils, jinns, maybe, inhabit the Baoli and may be responsible for the strange voices that urge people to dive into the black water at the bottom. Now, our next ghost resides in Lothian Cemetery, the oldest British and Christian cemetery in Delhi. Pardon me. The cemetery was opened in 1808 and only closed for new burials in the 1960s. It was a very long operating cemetery. Yeah, wow. Now, as with many other cemeteries around the world, Lothian Cemetery is subject to many rumors of ghost sightings and hauntings. There are stories that the British dug open the old graves in order to claim Lothian burial grounds as their own. Uh, the site was previously an Islamic burial ground before the British took it over and Christianized it. Hmm. So they dug up the old uh, Islamic people that were buried there <coughs> to replace them with Christian bodies. Um, it's said that when the Brits upset the souls, the, said that the Brits upset the souls of the people who were already buried there. Uh, even though the bodies were removed, all these souls were still bound to the graveyard. And now every night there are fights between old ghosts and the English ghosts Whoa. for their claim over the graveyard. That's fucking cool. Ghost war. It's I mean Ghost War. This is a ghost war. This is one of the most metal hauntings imaginable. This is a cool haunting. A ghost war. This is a ghost war. Now, there are also some uh more specific ghosts, and one of the most famous from Lothian Cemetery is that of Sir Nicholas. Nicholas was a British officer whose ghost is now said to roam the cemetery. Hey, what are you gonna do there? But it's missing its head. Oh, no. As the story goes, Nicholas fell in love with a local Indian lady who eventually married another man. It said a heartbroken Nicholas shot himself in the head over his lost love. Jeez. His heartbroken spirit is still upset over the loss and haunts the cemetery. Some people believe headless Nicholas cries out the name of the woman he loved. Now, how he does this without a head is not known. But I guess it's ghost magic. Well, ghost magic through his Road hole. Get over it. So, according to uh, paranormal investigator Jay Alani, the scariest part of Lothian Cemetery isn't the possibility of seeing Sir Nicholas Simon's headless ghost, but it's the possibility of seeing other people. Now, here's a real horror story for you, seeing other people. Oh, my God. Jay said the following of investigating the cemetery. Quote, I literally asked the graves where I can find Nicholas. I didn't find him, but I found video creators, YouTubers making horror vlogs, couples being cozy, drunkards looking for a place to have their drinks, and police trying to stop them. 
Even if Nicholas was there, he would have run away by now seeing all this. During my entire investigation, I didn't find even a single ounce of truth in what the claims offered. The scariest part about this location is not Nicholas, but the people who come here and create stories. We are sitting on a time bomb when it comes to superstitions and blind faiths. Today or tomorrow, it will explode. So stop spreading fake stories just for the sake of entertainment. Wow. We live in a society, dude. Hot take for sure, but full also, Joker mode. He went full Joker. Yeah, he went full Joker mode. But J stands for Joker. J, yeah, he's Joker J Alani. I mean, it's a hot take art, but is Jay saying that he saw horny, barely legal teens <laughs> fucking in the cemetery too? He did. He did. What the fuck, teens? Teens. What are you doing, teens? You guys better be using protection. Also, you're causing more ghosts because every time you shoot a load, that's a potential baby that could have been born in to Christ. Right. Who died, wasn't born, and that's why masturbation is a sin. Yeah. Technically. I mean, teens, listen up. Teens. This is important. But also, teens, what the fuck? Teens, you don't need to go to the fucking graveyard. There's... You can fuck anywhere. There's other places. Fuck anywhere else than the graveyard. Go to the Beolian fuck. Now, go to the Beolian fuck. Now you want to go down to the Beolian fuck? Forget Netflix and chill. Forget Netflix Beolian and fuck. Beolian fuck. Beolian now, bang. Yeah. There you go. That's a good one. All right. Now, while a midnight stroll in the cemetery is quite nice. I don't know about that. How about a nighttime walk through the forest preserve? Ooh, that's scary. Let's head over to Sanjevan, an over 700 acre, 780 acre forested area. Some describe it as a jungle, uh, which it's is in jungle Delhi. out there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's jungle right here. <laughs> hope, that, hope that wasn't him. It's getting closer. <laughs> um, Sanjevan is a natural habitat for lots of butterflies, snakes, the golden jackal, Ooh. the nil guy. Ooh. It's also become a hotspot hot for birds, over 150 species of birds. What's it called? Uh, it's called Sanjevan. Uh, so any of you birder beefers out there, check it out. Aw. I'm just looking it up. Oh, Ooh, okay. That's nice. But uh, a little San- scary, though. I can see how this could be scary. Sanjevan is also reportedly home to ghosts galore. Many nighttime visitors to Sanjevan have reported feeling the presence of something unknown, <gasps> hearing cries and laughter when no one is around, and the sensation of being pushed by an unseen force. Sightings of a lady in a white sari who vanishes into thin air aren't uncommon. People say if you walk along the paths in Sanjevan at night, you might see a mysterious person light candles in the night under trees, and a figure walk along the path lit by the candlelight. Wow. Many say... The figure walking is the spirit of 14th century Sufi saint Hazrat Sheikh uh, Shabuddin Ashikala, sorry, whose mausoleum sits in Sanjevan in the middle of other Sufi graves. Wow. In addition to being associated with ghost stories, Sanjevan is also close to actual ongoing death. In addition to these graves that are in the forest, there have been a number of unclaimed bodies found in the area, Ugh. and there's a crematorium nearby. Ugh. Now, if we asked Babu from the Sagar Tawari YouTube channel, though, let me tell you, 
Babu would say people are getting freaked out over a bunch of manufactured outrage by unscrupulous article posters. That and the sounds of peacocks in the night. Fucking peacocks? They do make a weird sound. If you've never heard a peacock. I've never heard of peacock. Hmm? They make weird sounds. Um, my aunt, my uncle used to live next to somebody who had peacocks. In Ohio? This was in Indiana. Oh. But still. It's weird. Very weird. Um, but yeah. Uh, Babu says, people are getting freaked out over nothing. He says, give Sanjayvan a chance and don't be a dummy thinking that it's haunted. Oh, Babu. There's a lot of hot takes on some of these, uh, you know, people investigating paranormal stuff in India. Babu's bringing it down. People are bringing the heat. Um, so that's Sanjayvan. Now we're headed to what is reportedly one of Delhi's most haunted locations, the Buli Bhatiari Kamahal. Buli Bhatiari Kamahal is a hunting lodge built by Faraz Shah Tughluq, the Sultan of Delhi, for most of the latter half of the 14th century. The hunting lodge <clears throat> is in a ruined state today, Aww. but it does have a modern toilet installed. Hell yeah. Which is very, very cool. A sign in front of the lodge warns visitors not to come at night. Hmm. Wonder why. Oh, right. This is why. Apparently that warning comes because this place is haunted. Art. It's been said that government security guards hired to guard the grounds can't stay on the job for more than one or two days. Because they get scared away. The lodge is believed to be haunted by the ghost of a woman. This belief is supported by stories often told about the lodge. One talks about a woman named Buri from the Batyar tribe who got lost in the forest and ended up trapped in the hunting lodge. This whole thing happened after it had been abandoned. So she's trapped in this abandoned lodge and dies there. Yet another story is about how Faraz Shah imprisoned one of his queens who had been unfaithful to him. The queen is said to have died in the palace, though her body was never recovered. Now it's said her vengeful spirit haunts the lodge. Yas queen. <laughs> Yas queen. Many people who visit Buli Batyari Kamahal report stepping into the forested area around the lodge, maybe a couple of kilometers deep into the forest, where they find a white wall. The visitors try to take a picture of the wall, but the wall either vanishes or won't show up in the pictures. Whoa. Needless to say, these visitors find this experience pretty freaky deaky, and they hightail it out of there. Now, paranormal investigator Jay Alani, you remember Jay, full Joker mode Jay. Joker mode Jay. Uh, he visited Bully Batyari and had this to say about the experience. Quote, There are just police barricades, and you are not allowed to enter at night. Not because of the ghost, but due to the risk of animals or antisocial elements. There was also guard on duty working here for four years now who told me that nothing has ever happened to him. And that busted another myth. Once I left my night vision there for three hours and I thought if there's anything, I will get the footage. I even performed planchette, uh, which is an ancient technique to investigate the uh, paranormal energy, if any, okay. but got nothing. I realized that all these ghost tales were imaginary. Next time anyone tells you not to visit Buli Batyari, you know what to say. Though you are not allowed to stay there at night, you can you can with permission from the police, like I did. End quote. Is no ghost safe from the skeptical wrath of Jay Alani? <laughs> Sheesh! Sheesh! Whew! Coming in hot. Now, let's finish 
kind of where we began with this, okay? Okay. At least thematically. By talking about jinns. As I mentioned earlier, jinns are spirits who are separate and distinct from humans, but who live alongside humans. The basic idea in Islam is that humans were created with clay, angels were created with light, and jinns were created with smokeless fire, which is pretty badass. Smokeless fire. Fucking crazy. Yeah. So jinns are generally not visible to humans, but they are able to change shapes or inhabit things to interact with humans. So one place in Delhi, the Faraz Shah Kotla Fort, is said to be infested with jinns. The fort dates back to the 14th century, just like Buli Bhattiari Kamal, and also like Buli Bhattiari Kamal, Faraz Shah Kotla was built by Faraz Shah Tagluk. The Shah was a prolific builder, Art. He loved to build. He was building shit all the time. Now, you may think that a building chock full of jinns would be a place to avoid, right? That's where you're wrong, you idiot. People actually flock to Faraz Shah Kotla to ask the jinns for blessings and to help them with problems in their lives. Tradition holds that if you please the jinns in front in the fort, they will help you or grant you wishes. Like a genie, a word which is derived from the word jinn. Ah. But if you fuck with the jinns and make them mad, they'll get super pissed and fuck up your shit. That's what they do. Got 99 problems, but a gin ain't one. <laughs> you said it. Every Thursday, people come to the fort to leave letters for the jinns, give offerings, and to perform rituals, all in attempt in attempts to gain the jinn's favor. Now, what's interesting is that people will often leave behind offerings of food for the jinns, which are then eaten by street dogs. Like dogs that just live on the streets. I'm familiar. Some people Didn't even clarify. Some well, just in case. You meant hot dogs? Oh, okay. You had a stupid look on your face. That's just my face. <laughs> Some people even throw meat in the air for eagles to snag. Oh, fuck Which yeah. is pretty badass. Uh, people believe that by doing these things, they're actually feeding the jinns. Uh, like I said earlier, the jinns are shapeshifters. Petitioners at the fort believe these spirits are inhabiting these animals. So this fort has become like a hot spot for people every week coming in petitioning the jinns for favor. Beefers, we've learned a lot today. We have. First of all, I figured out the difference between Delhi and India and the Delhi where I procure my thinly sliced meats. I also learned that people are seeing a lot of freaky shit in Delhi in a lot of the same locations where horny teens are getting freaky. Wild. I hope you all learned a lot too. Delhi seems like an interesting travel destination, does it not? Wouldn't it be great to travel to a place with so much history and so much culture, with so many unique and varied sites to visit? Jeez, I can imagine myself now heading over to the Agrasim Kibeole, walking slowly down the slippery stone steps, almost falling, then actually falling to the <laughs> bottom, where I end up in a pool of muddy slop and pigeon droppings. Everything is silent. Suddenly, there are some eerie, unexplained footsteps up ahead. I proceed further into the well. Bats fly out on my approach. As I go deeper into the darkness, I see a light up ahead. Faint at first, but getting brighter. Suddenly, I slip and fall into the whole enchilada. Thank you.
Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time Podcast will be right back after this brief message. I'm Ken Harbaugh, host of Warriors in Their Own Words, a podcast that presents the unvarnished, unsanitized truth of what we have asked of those who defend this nation. As a country, we need these stories more than ever. Stories from Americans who have borne the battle, including 30-year-old remastered interviews with veterans from World War I recounting their time in the trenches of Europe, and with veterans from World War II, Korea, Vietnam, and from our most recent conflicts in Iraq, Afghanistan, and other battlefields Americans may never have heard of. Hear their stories by listening to Warriors in Their Own Words wherever you find podcasts. Welcome back. That was my research into the ghosts of Delhi. Um, Art. What's up, dude? What's the difference between, I don't know, a ghost story and an urban legend? Wow. I don't know how many of these are ghost stories. I think the bulk of these feel more like urban legends. I think... It's an urban legend is feels like a thing that's kind of passed around, whereas a ghost story to me feels like something that's rooted in like very concrete history that then gets blown out of proportion into a full blown ghost. I need a little bit more tangibleness. Um, I'm sure lots of people have stories involving these haunted places, but they do feel a bit more like urban legends. Then again, I guess urban legends feel a bit more like. Um, you know, it's just sort of like a, I don't know, a thing. It's like, well, oh, don't go down that road. Yeah. But, you know. Do you think there are any cultural differences between Americans like you and me and people in India where things like this are concerned? Like, are there cultural differences between how we act and behave and the, and the people of India? Absolutely not. There are no cultural differences. It definitely is not a total 180 from how I grew up and live my life to this day. Specifically thinking about the difference between a ghost story and an urban legend. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I, I feel like American ghost stories, one, I mean, I don't know. I have no, I don't know jack shit about Indian culture. I'll just say that doing this research, I mean, a lot of a these places bit. were described as being very haunted. Yeah. And... I almost feel like the haunted, the word haunted is like, I'm almost agreeing with Joker mode Jay Alani here that I feel like it's getting thrown around a lot. It is getting thrown around. When there's not actually that much haunting going on where it's just like, you know, people are saying this place is really haunted. Mm-hmm. Um, even though there's not like a specific like haunting factor to it. Like when you say haunted, like I think there's like, there's like a specific spirit attached to this. Yeah, we we covered the Bell Witch. Yeah. And that is like, I mean, there's so much build up to that. There's like a whole thing and a family and a story and it's rooted in this place and this time. And I'm sure that these places have some of that, but it's like you told two different stories that involve the same kind of ghost. Right. A woman in a white sari. Now, I'm sure there's cultural significance to that. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe not. Yeah. Um, again, I only have a surface level understanding of 
I mean, Southeast Asia is a complex and very diverse area. And I mean, we're just talking about fucking India. Yeah. You know? So, uh, yeah. And, um, I, I have no idea what their feelings and thoughts are on the afterlife and ghosts and things of that nature. Um, you know, it could just be, yeah, people blowing up. I got to tell you, fucking badass places in this fucking topic. There are some very good, fucking badass places. Some very badass places in here. You know, a pretty good woman in a too. white sorry. Yeah, whatever. You know, we've got that here where it's like you got the Resurrection Mary or whatever she's yeah. called. That's here in Chicago. That's here in Chicago. And it's like the same fucking thing. So that's kind of neat to see. Yeah. There's something the whole world is like, oh, if you're a lady in all white and you're by the side of the road, don't put her in your car. Yeah. I w- <laughs> like hitchhiker ghost stories. Like, is this like a thing that's common to like lots of cultures? Any culture that has like, like good car culture? I wonder if it's uh, maybe more so that people just see a bright light coming from something and they imagine that it's a woman yeah. in a white sorry. Yeah. Or a it's white all- dress. It's always, it's always though, like, it's funny because Resurrection Mary, this is almost exactly the same story, right? Yeah. Where it's like a woman needs help on the side of the road. She instead gets hit by a car and dies. Mm-hmm. And so then now haunts this stretch of road, begging people to pick her up. And if you do, it ends in your demise. Yeah. It's Resurrection Mary all the way, baby. Yeah. Um, did you have any favorite ghost stories? Oh my this? God, this haunted well. This thing is so fucking cool. It's very cool. And it's very scary. And it's cool, and it's so cool that it's like, it's it's it could be a story in and of itself, like this haunted well that's like calling, like that's like the ring, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but this is almost like more, I don't know, not uh, grandiose. Like it's a big, it's not like a well, it's like a big f- structure, and there's these steps, and it's leading down into this just emptiness. There's maybe I maybe I undersold it a little in Cthulian. the in the in the research portion, but it's like there are like three levels yeah. above ground, mm-hmm. and then you go underground, and there's like a network of sort of tunnels and stuff. You definitely undersold it, and it's horribly undersold by you. The tears, the tears above. I'm looking at photos of it. It looks beautiful. There's photos in the like all these places. There are photos and videos and stuff in the um. In the show notes, there's lots and lots Archways. of links for this. <clears throat> so go check these places out. Looks dangerous, beefers. Dude. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Um, at the at the well, everything's very like wet usually. Um, no kidding. So, but like it's if the steps get slippery, you know, like after it rains or whatever. Oh man, it's very easy to fall. Wow. Which it's is very what, spooky. Which is what keeps happening to people. There's just something about staircases that descend into pure just pitch, pitch black. black yeah it's just so fucking scary yeah um and this like oh man this thing is like <laughs> very cool i could totally see this being a movie i could totally see this being a um immediately my mind went to like a really interesting cool D campaign in like set in kind of like a fantastical india where the big bad evil guy of the campaign is a just a haunted well that like contains the spirit of some evil lich or some bullshit like that and it's like calling people to it it's like cthulian it's fucking terrifying 
Actually, I think one of it's the fucking uh, badass. I think one of the research articles that's linked in the show notes is a Vice article that was called Dungeons and Gin. Because you can, an alternate spelling of gin is with a D. A D, yeah. Yeah. So there you go. Steal that name. I'll steal it. <coughs> it's mine now. When I was a kid, I grew up in a house that had an unfinished basement, and there were like basically no windows in the basement. Uh huh. There was like one little window, but it had like something over it, so there was no like That's natural really light that, you. that would come in, really. And explains a lot. The light switch to turn on the light in oh, the basement. Man. Yeah, it's all the way at the bottom. Was halfway down the stairs. Like wherever it just like the wiring was. That's like bad design. Yeah, you had to walk part way down the stairs and flip the light on. And as a kid, that was the most like terrifying thing for me was to go into that basement in the dark. You had your own haunted well. Yeah. Right in your own house. I I learned to conquer my fears. Did you? Just never going down there. <laughs> you would just straight up refuse? No, I would go down, but I was never like all that comfortable with it. Oh. It was always freaky to me. It is freaky. You I think like maybe the dark. What's up? Yeah. Scared of the dark? Am I now? For a long time. Yeah. I don't. I mean, the dark is scary. I think because. It's unnerving. Like most of us use our eyes so much. We do. Like I always think like if, 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 if I was blind, like the dark would be nothing. It doesn't matter. It's so immaterial. Like I always wonder like, what do blind people get scared of? Like so confusing like soundscapes. Yeah, I mean, sounds can be scary. Like we're or like un. That's like, an interesting question. Like almost like too much silence. Would True. that be like the equivalent for like a blind person? A is lack like, of it's stimulation. Too quiet. That is a good. Um, it's a very interesting question. If I knew any blind people, I would love to ask that question of them. What do you get scared of? Yeah, like what's your what's the equivalent for? I mean, it is. It's an interesting question. Yeah, like what's the equivalent for for people who are like totally sightless? Yeah, because like you can't see things, so like you don't technically know if everything's the dark. Yeah, everything is the dark. So, and a lot of scary stuff for us happens with like jump scares and unnerving things that you have to see. Yeah. I guess soundscapes would be kind of scary, like a creaking door. <laughs> That's kind of scary. Sometimes when I lay in bed at night and I'm falling asleep. Yeah, that's very scary. The sounds of you falling asleep. Oh, my God. The fucking CPAP machine whirring in the background. It's like Darth Vader. But if you're like, is there anything worse than when you're like laying in bed and you're like almost asleep and you hear like a weird noise that you don't exactly know what it was and you can't like instantly explain it away as something because you've heard it before and know what it is? You know what I'm saying? Like there's noises like, oh, the house is settling or whatever. Like you yeah, can write those things maybe. off. But like, if you hear a noise that definitely sounds like it's inside, and it sounds like something that shouldn't be happening, 
You ever get that experience? Maybe a little bit. Like you'll hear something crash or I hear sometimes stuff that sounds machine. like something's falling over. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, the fuck is that? Yeah. What would that be? And like, right. you know, it's I'm like half asleep. So I'm not like totally aware of where the sound is coming from. And that freaks me out. And then you can't remember. It's a short term memory shot when you're half asleep. I will get up and then I'll go look. Really? Uh-huh. Wow. Because sometimes I won't be able to go back to sleep. I'll be Holy like too freaked shit, out. Dude. I'll get up and go look at everything. And if not, then what happens when nothing's changed? Like, I just go back to sleep. <laughs> I'll get up and go look at everything. You got to go check it out. Oh, it's a couch. Okay. That, that is an end table. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All of the furniture is where it was expected to be. Yeah, I mean... You know the 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 yeah the 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 human mind is uh, scarier, I think, than um anything, right? What you you can create and perceive. Um, any of these haunted locations speaking to you, Art? Aside from the well, that crazy forest is kind of cool. The hunting lodge is kind of meh, but. Uh, Wait, was that the one that has the forest? Uh, Sanjay Vaughn has the forest and so does the hunting lodge. They're both the same thing. They both have kind of a forest around them. I like Sanjay Vaughn. Looks really creepy and scary. Yeah. Forests are like inherently scary. Yeah. Because there's actual real danger because you can get lost in them. Yeah. And something can kill you. Yeah. <laughs> like a wild animal. Now it's, it's nice. It's like a forest preserve. There's lots of paths in it and stuff. Like you can... Um, you can in in one of the videos that's linked in the show notes, like uh, Babu of the Cigar Tuari YouTube channel, climbs to the highest point in Sanjevan in his nighttime stroll. You can get a good like you can see like out over a lot of Delhi Ooh. from there, so it's kind of a neat place. But I agree with you. If you were going without, I mean, like I'm also watching videos of this stuff. So they're like well illuminated yeah. from the lights from the camera. Um, I could see how it would be kind of a creepy place if you were like out there in the dark. Yeah. What about you? Which ones do you like? Um, I got to say, um, Agris and Kibioli is like just very cool. Um, and it's like you said, it's like very, it kind of gets into that primal like fear of just uh, steps into pitch darkness. Um. I also think that the uh, Lothian Cemetery is cool. Um, just that was because, the ghost war? Yeah, the ghost war. That's pretty cool to me. Um, I mean, I guess desecration of graves is not all that cool to me. It isn't? I'm not like super in. I'm not trying to say that I'm super into the idea of the British fucking desecrating the graves of Islamic people. But I mean, a ghost war is pretty cool. Uh, I also have to say that the the fort, um, the Faraz Shah fort, like it's uh, that's pretty crazy to me. Infested with jinns, people show up every Thursday. They write. I think you just like it because people are throwing meat in the air. <laughs> people are throwing meat in the air. They're leaving food on the ground. This is my this is my number one destination. You're you're walking around <laughs> like, oh yeah, wow, the jinns. You're. Like, I'm a gin. That's right. Gin. Uh, tell me your wishes. Uh, feed me some of that food from the ground. Throw meat in my mouth, please. I'm a gin. <laughs> <laughs>
It just uh, what's what was really interesting to me is that like the vice a vice article that I read for this like they described it as people like making photocopies of these letters and it's almost like applying for jobs like it's a resume like they have like a form letter <laughs> to like get gins to like give them their wishes and they just like every week come and like pin it into the walls of the fort oh wow so it's like uh. You like write it one time and then you make a bunch of copies of it and then you just keep bringing it every week. <laughs> Which I guess it's is like a, a very, workaround to the classic genie. Like it's a very pessimistic view. Yeah. This is not going to work. I'm going to need a lot of these copies. I don't need a lot of these copies. Um, I'll get this gin. <laughs> I'm going to do a paper campaign and I'm going to get this gin to get me a new bike. Yeah. I need that bike bad. Um, But I think architecturally got to be the step well that's a it's beautiful and it's not it's much more well preserved than a lot of the other sites yeah the the hunting lodge is a little run down the hunting lodge is definitely run down it's in it's in a ruins basically it's mm-hmm. it's it's been dilapidated um and it seems like the indian government is like trying to make it better but obviously they're not there yet it's funny because delhi is such an old place with so many historical sites I'm sure it's a challenge for the government to like prioritize and like upkeep these places because just through natural like development of civilization, some of these places have just gone out of, they stopped being used because they weren't useful anymore. And people didn't value the historical significance of it at the time or didn't have the, you know, I guess resources to do so. But now it seems like the government's trying, like they're doing a lot of work in Sanjay Bhan try and make it like more habitable for animals um because it was uh not in a great state a few years ago uh and you know also delhi was subject to lots of smog pollution they've made strides in cleaning that up smog Probably the scariest thing of all. Oh in my Delhi God! Is the you fucking buried the lead. Schmaug. Schmaug was in Delhi. Yeah, I think that's pretty fucking scary. Yeah. Oh my God! The evil dragon Schmaug. Oh. Walking through fucking New Delhi and Schmaug tricks you, gobbles you up. Yeah. Little known fact that uh, Delhi the is also well? the home of the dwarves. <laughs> the Middle Earth dwarves. Their famous mine of Moria is there. Mm. Um, I mean, I'll be honest with you, Art. A lot of these ghost stories are a little thin. They're a little stringy. A little stringy. Not a lot of ghostliness. Definitely some unsettling. You had to be there. You had to visit there kind of vibes. That well is pretty scary. That well is scary. It would be frightening to be there. <coughs> Especially at night. Especially that forest. The well is another place you're not allowed to go in at night. That probably makes sense. It's more for a safety thing than yeah. it is for anything else. But right. uh, they have, um, I think they have guards there to keep people from like going in and hurting themselves at night. But you can go for free during the day, which is great. Yeah, I'd go. Um, would you visit Delhi, Art? I guess. Are you interested in visiting India at all? <laughs> that was pretty non-committal. <laughs> uh, maybe a little bit. I um, 
I've never been to India. I don't really have a lot of connections there. It seems like a neat place, but also seems like it'd be very difficult to go there without a guide. Um, I feel like I'd probably struggle, to be honest. It's just so different. I'll tell you, I want to go there and I want to eat like crazy. And you're going to shit. Because I love Indian food. Yeah. Like I, this has been like a relatively recent thing for me. But Indian food, because I'll tell you what. I had a bad experience once where I think I ate at a cheap Indian restaurant and I got bad diarrhea from it. Right. And it colored me on like Indian food. Well, I'm going to get diarrhea. I don't know if I want to eat it. Over the last couple of years, been eating more and more Indian food. It's delicious. Yeah. I know that like uh, different places, especially around India have a crazy fun street food scene. Yeah. Um, I mean, you can just get everything under the sun. And, yeah. um, but I also think that Indian food, obviously, goes without saying, is probably varies by culture and then is far different from the Indian food that we consume, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with Americanized cuisines. Every culture has to do it and every culture does it. And then you celebrate it. Yeah. I think like a lot of things that get imported to, yeah. the, to the US, it's very regional yeah. in how people do things. Sure. Like even, even, uh, what's it like a butter ch- or whatever it is, chicken tikka masala or butter chicken. That's like actually like a UK yeah. thing that Ch- happened because of yeah. Indian immigrants. But like nobody in <laughs> India really. Nobody makes chicken tikka masala in India. Right. Well, they probably do now. Well, they probably do it's now. It's probably like come back around. Well, there's a lot of vegetarian food, vegan food, you know, a, a, um, oh fuck, what's it called? A dulsa? Dorsa? Ah, fuck, I can't remember. It's like a big crepe. Filled with shit. Dusa. Yeah. Is what you're talking about. Those look tasty. Mm-hmm. You can just get all sorts of fresh, lots of fresh spices. Oh my God. Black pepper right from the source. Yeah. Pick the berries right off the bush and chew them. But, um, um, although one thing, you know, it's like for people like you and me in the United States, if you go to India, you got to get a lot of like shots. You do. Cause there's a you lot of different, the, a lot of different like, like a like, yellow fever live yeah. culture shot. Stuff that we don't have in this country right. to worry about that is actively in India. Correct. Was, yeah. Um, so, yeah, there is, there's a commitment there, and I think that's why you would probably need some kind of... Somebody who knows the area, right? Like, yeah. I couldn't do that by myself. Yeah, a guided tour would be nice. You know, I think European countries, you can kind of do it by yourself because it's more normalized and it's just easier to navigate even with the language barrier you know i think english is a lot more ubiquitous but somewhere where it's yeah, not it, predominant at all yeah i think in india you probably would not have much trouble with language yeah because you know a lot of a lot of people do speak english a lot of indian people work for like american companies and right. stuff and speak english so i don't think the language barrier would be too bad but i just i think too like just navigating around and like knowing what to go see yeah. Like it's like, even if I don't know, like, uh, like French, I could still decipher where I'm going and what because the characters are all the same characters. Whereas like in India, I can't read Hindi. Right, it's so varied that I'd be like, I have no fucking clue if I'm going yeah. the right way. Yeah, <laughs> and maybe they have some, you know, <coughs> they they translate it, but they maybe they don't. I That's don't the way I feel. It's like, oh, if I ever see like videos of people in like you know Arabic speaking countries or like Farsi speaking countries mm-hmm. or or like Hindi speaking countries. It's like you read the road signs. It's like, if it's, I, 
I don't understand it. Or like, you know, China, Japan. Yeah. Like where it's, you know, using characters instead of um, mm-hmm. Roman letters or Latin script. Latin. Yep. I don't get it. I'm not an educated person, Beavers. I'm a big old idiot. Well, what do you say? Are you ready to start getting some verdicts about these ghosts? Fucking do it, dude. Okay. I'm giving the two finger guns. Yeah, Art's fucking shooting me right now. <laughs> Art wants me to haunt I'm this playing, bunker. I'm playing Russian roulette with you. Oh, God. <laughs> he did it backwards. <laughs> it's not one bullet in. It's five bullets in one empty chamber. Yeah. You take the first, the first five turns are yours, and then I get the next five turns. <laughs> go, to, go to Art's house. Hey, I got a fucking crazy idea. Let's play Russian roulette. Let me grab my revolver. Spin the chamber. Art, that looked full. Yeah, it is full. You go first. <laughs> Nick Simon's favorite game. Yeah. Now he gets all his victims. Sir Nicholas Simon, headless ghost of the bunker. <laughs> so what are your verdicts, Artie? Um, <clears throat> you know, I think that these places have a lot of cultural significance, and I think they are pretty scary. But as far as a ghost story, I'm really not feeling a heavy attachment to it. Um, although these places are very spooky. So I am going to go with a plausible uh minus plausible minus okay yeah i like that verdict sure um you know me i know you i'm done with opp i (laughs) i really uh odb you mean no i'm done with opp what isn't it old dirty bastard yeah it is old dirty bastard odb um i I'm not, I'm never sold on ghosts, right? You're not a big ghost guy. I'm not a big ghost guy. I don't believe in ghosts. I've never had a ghost experience. Every time we cover ghosts, I shit on the ghosts. You do shit on the ghosts. And I come on the ghosts and then I come piss on the ghosts. Piss on the ghosts. <laughs> um, but I'm just not a big ghost person. And You're not. While I, thought, okay. while I thought there were some creepy things here, everything here feels like an urban legend to me. It does. More than it feels like a ghost story. So I'm going case closed on these ghosts of Delhi. Fair enough. And I'll say the interesting ghosts are the actual, like, is the actual ghosts of the past. It's the history. That's what gets my motor running. You really want to hear about some fucked up stuff that humans can do to each other. Oh, my God. Go read about the history of India and the the result of what happened when Pakistan uh, separated from, from India. Well, and, you know. And all the the horrible things that happened there. Well, Delhi is in that same area. Right. Like where, you know, when they did the partition. So like, you know, uh, beefers, if you're not familiar, just off the cuff here. Yeah. There was a lot of uh, prejudice, you know, when when British, when India gained its independence, Mm -hmm. Britain controlled areas that aren't part of India now. It controlled Pakistan. It controlled India. It controlled Bangladesh, which were all part of the of British India. At the time. And then when they decided to, you know, when India gained its independence, they did this partition. Uh, Like India mostly is a uh, Hindu majority. Mm -hmm. And pockets of different religions, though. Yeah. And then they don't get along. The North really, especially the North 
West is like a lot of people who follow Islam mm-hmm. and they don't like Hindu. They don't like Hindu. Hindus and, is, is, and, and Muslims, they don't get together very often. They don't, you know, get along, which is part of the tension between India and Pakistan now. Yeah. Aside from all the territorial disputes, which are a whole other thing. Right. But there's some people, very interesting literature. Basically, Pakistan movies. is like populated with yeah. uh, Islamic refugees a lot of magical realism too. Salman Rushdie uh, yeah. wrote a lot about this work. You know, before yeah. even the his whole satanic verses, he had magical realism books that discussed a lot of this. It's uh, it's it's dense. It's hard to decipher because there's so much historical context, but it's interesting work. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, but hey, beefers, let us know what you think about the ghosts of Delhi. Um, you can. Tell us about it using the hashtag. Uh, Pascari Pastrami. Tell us about your favorite ghost stories. Um, tell us about your favorite deli sandwich. Uh, Art, real quick, what's your go-to at the deli? Uh, <laughs> hot pastrami with monster on rye and uh, monster. Yeah. Wow. And. Um, um, if I'm feeling it, sometimes I get it without, and then yeah. uh, usually hot mustard. Ah, uh, nothing better than hot mustard and pastrami. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a pastrami baby too. Yeah, although the deli pastrami mommy, you know our favorite deli, mm-hmm. that one. They have something called pepper beef. Do they? I never heard of this before. I don't know what's in it. I don't know how they make it. I don't know what's in but it, but it's like fucking crack to me. Oh, I gotta try that. Ugh. I get it. It, that and salami. Together is like a match made in heaven. But at any rate, I'll also eat pastrami pretty much anytime, anywhere. I'm going to try that. Um, Beavers. um, Social media. Yeah. We're at Mr. Bunker Pod. Twitter and Instagram. You can email us, MrBunkerPod at gmail.com. If you have the means to do so, you feel so inclined, please consider becoming a patron of the show. Patreon.com forward slash Mr. Bunker Pod, uh, for only five bucks a month, you get access to, um, I guess we're really at a point where we're almost at infinity hours of infinity stone hours. There's too, there's too much content that you'll never be able to view it all. Um, content behind the scenes, Patreon exclusive content available for only five bucks a month. So uh, plus you get access to the discord. Oh my um, God. You get your own bunker alarm, bunker, you bunker alarm 3000. It's patreon.com forward slash Mr. Bunker Pod. Um, check us out on YouTube. Search Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time Podcast. Uh, and Art, what last words do you have? Um, You know, Bunk Bunker's just, uh, you know, you don't have to go to India to throw meat and leave food on the ground. You can, you can come to the bunker. And if you can find it, which I doubt you can, um, but you can leave food on the ground there for, you know, we're not gins, but we're not street dogs. We're not street dogs, but we are street co-hosts. We are street co-hosts. So. Leave some, leave some food on the street for us. Leave some raw meat and rice for us. Well said, Art. I couldn't have said it better myself. Um, <laughs> Beavers, that's our show for today. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks to Natalie O'Hamilton for this topic suggestion. Thank you, Natalie. Um, and hey, uh, keep watching the skies. That. Was the whole enchilada. Wait, 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 wait. (laughs)
I forgot. <laughs> I'm not as practiced at this as you are. Oh, come on. Um, for not the titular, for not the titular Mr. Bunker, but for my plucky host. Oh. This is Andy Art saying that was the whole enchilada. Oh, a little well, yummy. History is complicated. The story of human progress is long, messy, and riddled with controversies big and small. On Conflicted, we dive headfirst into history's most infamous events and contentious figures. We try and untangle the good from the bad, the facts from the fiction, and the monsters from the misunderstood. Was Genghis Khan a murderous butcher or a civic pioneer? Did the Allied powers go too far? in firebombing the German city of Dresden at the twilight of World War II? And how did the Marquis de Sade acquire such a sinister reputation? And was any of it true? These are just a few of the tough questions we wrestle with and investigate on Conflicted. So if you love history or just enjoy a good story, please join me, your host, Zach Cornwell, for a fascinating new topic each and every month. Conflicted, a history podcast, is available on Spotify, Apple, or wherever else you get your podcasts. I hope to see you soon.